You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert, and I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships, take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And this week, I have a second-time guest. He's been on the show before. He actually wrote my favorite book which is Love Tactics, and luckily he wrote the second book, which is More Love Tactics, (laughs) an appropriate title. And uh, I'm so glad he did because the first one was great, has a ton of information, and this one has even more information, and I think it's worth way more than uh, whatever the price is. I think it should cost like tens of thousands of dollars. That's how important this book is. And so I would like to welcome back to the show. Mr. Tom McKnight. How are you doing, Tom? Hi, Lucia. Thank you. You're always so kind. Well, it's true. <laughs> well, I appreciate your kind word very much. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, the, uh, of course, the website is lovetactics.com, and um, more Love Tactics picks up where bestseller Love Tactics leaves off. Based upon the overwhelming response to their first book, authors Tom McKnight and Robert Phillips pr- uh, provide a host of new, imaginative, and effective strategies to help you win the one you want or even the one you've lost. So, um, now. I, I, I have to tell you, Lucia, yes. I, um, generally speaking, when I do interviews, it's, it's usually over the the uh, the foundational work, the first first book, and so it has actually been a while since I had had uh, looked at my own second book, Uh-oh. and um, you know, it's a, there's a funny thing that happens. I don't know if you've written things before. And, I have. Okay. Well, it, it, it's funny uh, for for all those listeners out there. When you write something, uh, it's very hard to be objective in the beginning. It's 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 you can't be objective about your own work. You read it, and it's it's like you can't really tell if it's any good or not. In fact, when I was writing the original love tactics. I remember getting almost like three quarters of the way through the the original manuscript, and I thought, well, I better go back and see how this flows. And I went back and I started reading it, and I go, oh, this is this is not going to fly. This is, and I actually threw the manuscript in the in the garbage. Wow. I was so disappointed. And then I I looked in it desperately. I said, oh, I can't I can't do that. I've got too much work in it. And and so I pulled it out, and it was it was uh, only after. The book had finally left my hands and had begun to go into publication, and and I was getting a response. and And I would go back and I read it, and it's almost like someone else wrote the book. You're, mm. you're, you're reading it, and it goes pretty good. Well, when uh, when the first book did well, uh, the, my publisher Rudy Sure wanted to have uh, me write a, a second book, and I said, I don't know. I think we've pretty much covered everything in the first book, and and I never really felt totally 
that great about the second book. But when I pulled it out here, and having not looked at it for a long time, I'm able to be more objective. I mean, it's, re- it's like reading somebody else's mm-hmm. work. Right. And, and uh, I have to thank you because as I've read it uh, uh, in preparation for this show, it's like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was, it was. In fact, in some ways, it's better than the first book. It is. But, um, but the, the, the foundational principles are still in the first one. But anyway, so I thank you for getting me and heading it in that direction. Right. And I hope that you'll write a third one, actually. <laughs> Come on, you have to. <laughs> well, we have to thank Rudy for doing, getting me to do the second one. I don't know if you want me to do a third one. Well, I want it. you to do a third one. Forget him. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, so before we talk about the book, um, I actually found a great article on your website, like I said, lovetactics.com, called What a Man Really Wants. And I think this is right. really important because it's really true. So you said yeah. something interesting. You said that men are vulnerable. So how are they vulnerable? Emotionally. You know, this this is the thing. Uh, you know, um, well, speaking, I think, from a, the opposite sex perspective, uh, as best I can, uh, uh, if a woman is looking at a man, she it's hard for her to interpret, you know, how emotionally vulnerable he really is. He, he may appear very confident and, right. and uh, maybe indifferent uh, uh, on the outside, mm-hmm. but every man, I guarantee it, I mean, now, I, now I'm speaking as a man, you know, we all have our emotional needs, just as surely as, in my experience, all you women do. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if, uh, if, we, if a person gets sidetracked, you, you can you can be fooled and think, oh, you know, he, he doesn't have those needs. He, he just wants, uh, you know, the best-looking bimbo he can have on his arm. And, and the truth of the matter is, that is a substitute. Men really need a woman who is emotionally strong and able to love him in spite of who he is, and yet not put up with his guff either, and uh, who, who's independent enough that she... She could walk off and leave him if he's if he's out of line, and when he has that kind of a woman in his life, all of a sudden those those other superficial things that he seeks after when he doesn't have what he really wants, uh, that's when he'll settle. But but the truth of the matter is, he a man wants quality. He wants a woman who is emotionally strong and able to love him in spite of himself. And if if, if and and that doesn't mean a woman who thinks that letting him walk on her or use her is uh, is loving him for who he is. Um, but if she'll meet all of those emotional needs, concentrate on those, and be emotionally strong herself, she can win his heart uh, over and above all of the superficial things we usually uh, associate and think that a man wants. Right, and in fact you said what he needs, what he wants, is validation. Right. And and that's kind of what we, you, you know, in the first book we we laid the pre- the foundation for that. There's there's five emotional needs that we all have to need to be validated. The the need for attention, understanding, acceptance, appreciation, and um, uh, affection. And and I, by that I mean the physical touch, where where you you know someone well enough that you know they can put their hand on your shoulder or or touch you in a in a that is a validating thing, but mm-hmm. you, you, you first have to have the emotional um, interaction first before you that, that means anything. But um, 
those things are validating to us as human beings to, to say we have worked and, and we can um, we can be relieved of the of the uh, fears that we have uh, secretly you know that we walk through life with. Um, you, there's an old classic movie, and I referred to that in the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie Harvey with um, oh, some guy. Um, um, it's Jimmy okay. Stewart. Oh, okay. Oh. Just having a burn freeze. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, there's a there's a psychologist in there who's a- evaluating everybody else, but all of a sudden he gets in an emotional uh, vulnerable position and and he acknowledges that you know a man's greatest desire is just to to you know to be able to uh, be on the couch the the psychologist's couch himself and and have some woman um, reassuringly stroke his forehead and say poor boy poor boy poor boy I mean you know this it, it was a it was a funny uh, uh, image in in the movie but but it, there's a lot of truth to it mm-hmm a man needs a woman who can be there for him. In in a lot of ways, we're looking for surrogate parents, substitute parents. Whether we had great parents when we were being raised or whether we didn't when we get married, we need someone who emotionally, we feel, is able to provide that continuing um, care for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, go ahead. No, you, no it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we we're just we're just all emotional beings who who need to be taken care of. We want to be taken care of. We we want to be strong and we want to be independent. But there there comes a time in our life when we want to be able to to rely upon someone else. And uh, so when when we uh, go out and we're involved in dating, okay, you, you compare this to your own experience. Mm-hmm. You're not looking for a man who needs to be taken care of. I mean, that may, there may appeal to a maternal instinct part of mm-hmm. you, but, but I mean, really we want when we're searching and, and looking at all, all the people who we could be with, mm-hmm. we're looking at someone who ultimately, um, we would um, be able to emotionally lean on ourselves. Right. And then, and then, you know, then of course we want to be there for them as well, but ultimately we need somebody who's strong enough to be able for us to lean on them. And, and ultimately what happens in a lot of relationships that uh, destroys them is that uh, as soon as we find the person that we really like, we, we surrender ourselves and want to start leaning on them and depending upon them. And that turns them off and it can, because it's, it's not meeting their needs. We have to, it has to be a give-and-take situation for both parties. We have to be able to... Um, show them that you know we can survive without that person, and be happy even without them. Th- then they see that wow, you know this person is strong enough. That they don't need me. Mm-hmm. They seem to are be willing to meet uh, my needs, but they don't have to have me in their life for them to be happy. Right. And then and that attracts us to them. Ideally, the best relationships are two independent people who are willing to lean upon each other, but not. Uh, not so desperately needing that that they can't be happy without each other. Well, that is the goal. 
Uh, now, you said something very interesting in this book. You said a person in love feels 90% friendship, 9% respect, and 1% passion. So I'm wondering, do you remember how you came up with that formula? Because it seems more like it usually feels like it's 90% passion. Well, uh, yeah, you know, that's a good, I don't remember how I uh, <laughs> came to that, but, but I, I, I know that I was, I did not have uh, the marriage experience behind me that I do since then, and I can tell you that that is absolutely uh, the way relationships work in, mm. the, in the long run, is that you need someone who you can really be good friends with. The passion is, is the spark. It's, it's like a, a keg of gunpowder. Um, the gunpowder is not all passion. The gunpowder is really um, the, 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 the acts of kindness towards one another, the acts of, uh, of uh, respect, but also showing the emotional independence that uh, we have ourselves. Um, it, it's, it's having a good relationship with a person. The, the, then there's a fuse. There's, this little fuse goes off of this keg, and you light that fuse, and it goes down, and it it explodes the entire keg, but, and that's the passion. Mm-hmm. If you just have a little bit of passion, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it makes all of the friendship just uh, euphoric. Wow. But uh, without that spark, if you don't have any passion or any um, strong desire for the uh, the other person, mm-hmm. uh, then you're going to take all of that. It's going to be you know a, a keg of gunpowder is just inert matter if it's just sitting there and is never detonated. Right. Then you're just in the friend zone. So then you also... Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> and and, and you, can, you can have it all. I mean, a lot of people are very, very close, good friends, but they've never detonated the friendship mm. by, with, with the fuse of desire. And, the, and desire comes by you, you want what you can't have. If a person is, feels that they are, uh, can be too confident that they've got you in the palm of their hand, then there's no fuse to detonate the friendship. A lot of people, on the other hand, you can you can relate to this. I'm sure you've seen this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people um, are in a relationship where they really are good friends and love each other, but it hasn't been detonated with that spark. Maybe maybe by one of the parties is you know wants mm-hmm. the okay. other, but th- that's not reciprocated. Right, and so. Um, what it takes is for the the one who's being taken for granted, for example, to finally just say, you know what, I, I love you, I care about you, we have a good relationship, but I've got to move on with my life, I'm still looking for the person I'm going to be with. And uh, the one who's doing the taking for granted says, wait, you know, what do you mean, you're going you're gonna to leave me? And, and yes, I'm going to leave you because... It's just not working out. And so they break up. Mm-hmm. And after a few days or weeks, the one who was taking the other for granted before now begins to realize that, hey, I'm losing this person. And the desire start has a chance to assert itself. You, you, we only miss what we can't have. And so then the person finally says, uh you know what, I've, I've got to have you. I, I want you. I, and depending how how much, how difficult of a time they have winning the person back, their their passion goes higher and higher until finally they win the person back, and then they're excited uh, to be married to that person that they've been friends with for years before that. 
I didn't say that very well, but did you understand right. what the basic no, concept, no, yeah, what I was trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I think we, we understood it. You, know, you explained it quite well. Now, in other words, you can, you can be in a relationship and take each other for granted for years and be friends, then somebody breaks up, and now all of a sudden they have the passion they, they lacked before. Right. Because, because now it's, it, and, and passion is not, I'm not talking about uh, uh, sexual dynamics mm-hmm. here, I'm talking about emotional, psychological dynamics of, of wanting something that you feel like you're losing or you can't have. Got it, got it. Okay, so moving on, you also said to ignore what your partner says and does while you're trying to win them over. Now, that's hard to do, so why do you say that? Well, if you proceed on principle and understand that um, uh, we, we, there's, there's like this thing called the delayed reaction effect, and it, it happens a lot. Um, someone shows an interest when, you, when you're first getting to know somebody. Someone uh, out of the blue. Let's say it's a guy. He suddenly starts showing interest towards a girl who had no clue before that this guy was uh, romantically attracted to her. And all of a sudden, he seems to be interested in her. And she she doesn't know how to respond. So so the guy comes on to her, and and she seems indifferent to him. It hurts his feelings. And he backs off and, and... goes home and licks his wounds and thinks, wow, that was, I really made a fool of myself there. And so he's not going to, he's not going to put himself out towards that girl again. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, the girl goes home and she starts thinking, well, I've never thought of him in that way before. He is cute. Mm. He is nice. I like this guy. Wow. You know, I think maybe, maybe there's hope here. And so she, she, she begins to get a little interest in her heart and, and now she's cultivated. Now she's a little more ready to respond at his next sign of interest. Problem is, nine out, nine out of ten guys have been rebuffed, feeling that rebuff, are not going to make the, the next effort. Mm. And so uh, they're going to miss the opportunity. They, whereas if they came back and were just as... I, I'm not talking about being fawning mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, um, <laughs> uh, what's the word, uh, acting desperate towards the girl, but if they yeah. came back and just seemed to continue to show enough interest to give her the opportunity to respond, then she would start responding. And, and, it, and it works the other way, too, for, you know, if the girl is uh, the one who's showing the continued interest and the guy was caught off guard. But since nine, nine out of ten guys will come uh, home uh, and they'll, they'll say, oh, that's it, I'm not making a fool of myself again, the next time the, the two of them run into each other, the girl is happily looking forward to his uh, show of interest in her so she can respond right and the guy never does it right and the girl thinks what a phony right. he was just putting on before he wasn't really interested in me whereas if the guy had this um uh, this understanding that you just proceed on principle you you continue to be nice you continue to show interest in a person you you do everything the right way and don't don't back off simply because she hasn't shown interest yet. Then when he shows interest again, then she can start to respond. And I've seen that many, many times with, uh, with a lot of guys who, um, who do understand that principle and they'll hang in there. And in fact, once I came to understand that principle myself, it's how I worked with my wife. I, she was not initially interested mm-hmm. in me, and, uh, but I, I hung in there. I didn't overwhelm her and it wasn't overbearing in, in knocking down her, her door, but I did just keep coming back. 
until the point came where she was ready to start responding and, and finally did. Yeah, also because usually like um, when, let's say like with myself, let's say um, I'll be interested in someone, but maybe I'm not um, committed to them. And then someone else will come along and I wasn't thinking about being with someone else because I'm thinking about this other person, but now this other person's showing interest. And at first I might not really care because it's like, well, sorry, you know, my mind is over here. I'm thinking about someone else. But as the second person shows interest and they exhibit qualities that I like and they're nice, et cetera, et cetera, then I start going, hmm, well, maybe I might be interested in guy number two. So I can see how that it might take some time. Yeah, it, it it's just a, it's a matter of um, George Washington said, friendship is a plant of slow growth. And we cultivate friendship by being friendly. And if we're friendly just once or twice and, and then stop, it, it, it stops cultivating it from the other person. Now, we might think, well, they have just as much of a responsibility to be friendly towards us as we do to them. But most people are not that way. Most people are not what you call proa- proactive. Right. Most people uh, are reactive. They will sit back and wait until um, life uh, comes to them, which is, you know, really to the person's advantage who's proactive because the whole world is basically your oyster. You go out and you, um, you behave in a, in a way that um, is uh, positive, and you're going to get positive results back eventually. But the person who just sits back and, back and waits for things to come to them, most of the time... They're, they're still waiting. They're, yeah, it's, just no, it's not going to happen. Okay. So then you also said, don't uh, let your emotions take the driver's seat. But, of course, you know, it's very hard to keep your emotions under wraps and to control them. So how can we do that? Well, um, let's say this. Go ahead. Let them go. Just let your emotions take over. But don't <laughs> show it. You know, it's, that's, that's fine if you, as long as you, you can close the door and you are, um, freak out. you know, jumping up and down. I saw, I saw a little cute little... Uh, movie one time, there was a, a guy and girl that met at a college, <clears throat> and they kept bumping into each other uh, in the elevator and stuff, and, and he found out who she was, she found out who he was, but they had never met. And <clears throat> finally, he he just uh, screws up all his courage, and he gets uh, the information, and he calls her on the telephone. And uh, her roommates give her the phone, and she says, uh, they, they say, it's a boy. Oh, really? She comes on the phone, and, and he says, uh, oh, this is so-and-so, and he tells her his name, even though they'd never met. Well, she knows exactly who it is, and she puts her hand over the receiver. She jumps up and down, and she's going, oh, and her roommates are jumping up and down with excitement, and then she, she takes her hand back out the receiver, and she says, who? <laughs> and so um, by her controlling at least how her emotions appear by appearing cool, it was able to maintain his interest. I can tell you as a, as a guy that if I called a girl and she, I heard all this screaming and excitement <laughs> in the background, you know, it, I, I, it wouldn't disappoint me. A guy's, uh, a guy's ego is stroked by that kind of stuff, but the first thought he, that he has is... Um, He's got her. Ah, oh, I got her. I got her. Okay, good, good. Okay, we'll have a nice date. And, and but, but already, uh, this is this is just human nature, uh, is to take her and put her up here on the shelf even before the date and say, okay, I got that one. Now who else can I add to this list? And and start looking around. And so, uh, guys and girls want the one that's hard to get. 
And so if you are too demonstrative about uh, letting the other person see your emotions that you, you know, they've, uh, they've got you, you're going to lose them. It's just, it's just, uh, it's psychology. It's the way it works. So then how long do you have to play hard to get until you, until they ask you to marry them? Well, you're going to hate, hate hearing this, Uh-oh. but <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, in the begin in the very, very beginning, you, you are, um, uh, Dissembling, you're you're shielding. You know, you're not. You, you, that person doesn't have any right yet to see how you're really feeling. As they show, demonstrate more and more commitment to you, you can sh- show more and more how you care about that other person. But even after you're married, you must retain a certain degree of strength and independence, so that your spouse um, will know that they cannot cross you. Um, uh, in other words, you cannot marry a guy and think, okay, he's committed to me now, and so I can just show him so how, how much I love him. You know, I mean, it's okay to show how much you you, you love him and everything, mm-hmm. but don't ever get to the position where he could go out and uh, be unfaithful to me, and I would still be here for him. If if a man gets to feeling that mm-hmm. a woman, he could do anything, and she's, she's going to be a doormat for uh-huh. him, um, it it lessens his resolve to to appreciate her and to respect her. Um, so to some degree, throughout your marriage, there has to be some degree of a, of the, your partner realizing that there's a line that they cannot cross in disrespecting you. Right. And I think in in a number of marriages, that uh, that mistake is made. Someone loves the other person so much mm-hmm. and, and and goes out of their way to reassure them so much because that's the way their heart feels, so constantly overflowing with this feeling of love that the, that the one they love begins to first di- unappreciate what they're getting, then they disrespect it, and then they begin to actually despise the person. And, um, and, and that's the dynam- dynamics that's, uh, uh, that I've noticed mm-hmm. in uh, abusive relationships. The one party allows the other person to abuse them, and the person who does the abusing, although they're in the wrong, it, uh, despises and hates the person who's allowing the abuse, and it, it just becomes a, a vicious cycle. I mean, you don't want to marry anybody in the first place who would ever be abusive, but but there is there is that nature for all of us to tend to take... Um, people for granted if they allow us to. So in order to maintain a person's um, devotion and love, you have to maintain a certain degree of independence where you will not tolerate being disrespected or or abused. So that continues, in my opinion, throughout your life and forever. Great. You you just <laughs> you, you cannot ever lay down totally and say, oh, I just love take you so me. much. I know <laughs> you you're, you're going to take care of me forever, and and uh, and and my dreams have all been satisfied. And <laughs> and, uh, and bingo, the next thing you know, the guy has has done you wrong. Right. And and I and it isn't just the guys. More more commonly, I will say, it's it's generally the the man who will. Um, do wrong to the woman more often, but I have uh-huh. seen it the other way too because I've known some very fawning men, yes. men who uh, who just can't do enough for their wife, and she she just begins to get this feeling that he uh, she could do no wrong, and then she disrespects him, and I've seen them be as bad as 
some of the bad men. Right. Yes. It's like a spoiled child. So. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you let them get away with whatever, and they just keep getting worse and worse. You create a little monster that you got to right. kill. Right. I, ideally, I mean, a, a perfect human being would not ever disrespect you or or. Um, uh, well, there's no perfect. Human being. You know, you'll be turned off by your your the, the your lack of independence. But in reality, um, those kind of perfect people are far and few between. Right. They're saints. So um, now in the section on winning back the one you've lost, you talk about competition and you say to not fear your rival. But that's often hard to do. Well, um, yes. I, well, <laughs> if, if you if you again, if, if you act on principle, um, I mean, there's you on tactics. You 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 maximize your chances for success. But when you when you start to panic mm-hmm. and start to try to uh take shortcuts and uh you know instead of uh, being in showing that you can live without uh the person as well as the, you you may want to be with them and it's okay to show that but if if you so show signs of desperation in in uh, uh jealousy and um insecurity uh, about a, a rival, then it makes you less attractive. It, it, it weakens your hand in the very um, contest that you're trying to win. Um, your your love pursuit is going to be more impressed when they think that you're not affected by uh, what other, whatever competition you may face from the other person. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, to you? absolutely. But it's it so goes against one's emotions because your emotions are screaming no, <laughs> and you're supposed to be like, oh, that's fine, no right. problem. Right. <laughs> and I mean, there may be times when the other person, your competition, is going to um, win, and but but your your chances of that happening are much better if you don't show signs of weakness while it's happening. It doesn't mean that. Uh, well, let me. Let me just. I'm thinking back on one experience I had. Um, there was a girl I was pursuing, and then all of a sudden, a friend of mine came into the situation, and she obviously liked the friend more than she liked me. Uh-oh. And it was very disheartening. It was. Uh, it uh, did. Uh, it, it crushed my ego, and and. Uh, but I I had a choice at that point, and so what I did is I just maintained the relationship the best I could without um, showing signs of panic or anything towards that other other guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, so, somebody asked me one time, uh, well, uh, you know, how come you're continuing to pursue this girl? Now, I wasn't pursuing her strongly. I was just keeping in contact and keeping my... Keeping my um, Presence known. Options, keeping my options open and, <clears throat> and maintaining contact with her the best I could while she was falling in love with this other guy. Mm-hmm. And they said, why, why, do you, why do you continue to do that? I said, life turns on a dime. Mm. You just do not know what will happen tomorrow. Yes. You know, I mean, uh, my, this, this other guy, he was my friend. I said, he could be killed. You don't know. <laughs> or you could have him killed. Well, <laughs> well it, it, oddly enough, that he he was in an accident <gasps> and died. Oh my God! And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and and uh, anyway, wow. I, it's so. And then, I, without complicating wow. the whole situation here, uh, opportunities 
opened up again. And, and uh, ultimately, I just I came to realize that this was not the one that I was looking for, but, but uh, there was definitely a turn of events, so that yeah. it, it would... It could. It, it it was it was within my parameters for it to happen. So, you know, you but but then again, uh, she may have married him, and that would have just been something I would have had to accept at that point in time. We don't have perfect control over the universe. You know, I I'm not. I don't live there anymore, but I used to live in Las Vegas for half a century of my life. Wow. And <clears throat> Las Vegas is. Uh, I mean, they built. Of course, they're going through a hard time now, but. They built a uh, palatial empire in Vegas, not not by winning every hand. They they just simply have the odds slightly in the favor of the casino and mm-hmm. bingo. You know, over time they they win. And uh, what Love Tactics teaches in the in the book Love Tactics and the book More Love Tactics and on our website uh, LoveTactics.com is how to maximize your odds. So that so that instead of of uh, sabotaging yourself, we are in the best possible position to um, to come out ahead in the long run. Wow, that's a great analogy, the Vegas analogy, because I think everyone understands that one. Well, love is even better than that. I mean, the you'd Vegas. rather have a fulfilling love life than than no no fulfilling love life and own Las Vegas. I, you know, it's love is more satisfying. But uh, yes, it is. It is the it's exactly. Uh, Okay. To, to to increase your odds so that you can be the, the, the winner in the long run. That's right. So moving on. Now, of course, every relationship um, has issues. And you say that rocky roads actually make relationships stronger, but you would actually think it's the opposite. Well, it depends how you handle it, how you handle each situation. Mm-hmm. When you show, okay, I'm, let's, let's uh, by a rocky road, meaning that the person that you're, um, pursuing um, begins to waver, and they they don't. I mean, you think things are going great, and mm-hmm. they're in love with you, and mm-hmm. they like you, and uh, and now all of a sudden they're not so sure. Uh, there's another guy, or or they just there's it was going too quickly for them, or they've got family problems that are impacting them that you don't even know about, <clears throat> and so you are uh, uh, you're faced with some potential rejection. Well, the best way to handle that, and this this makes it stronger, is that you show that, well, if, if this isn't going to work out, I, I wish you well, you know, and I'll, I'll go on and I'll be okay. I'll be happy. Not not this clinging vine stuff, you know, not throwing your arms around the legs of the person, please, please don't leave me. No, no, no. <laughs> That's in the you know, movies. It, <clears throat> you, uh, I, I had uh, someone I knew many years ago, and he was... Uh, anxious to get married and he found a lovely girl and they were going out and it was it seemed to be progressing and uh, he said he proposed and she accepted but when he told me how she accepted it sounded like she she was hesitant Uh-oh. and yeah she, <laughs> so she wasn't totally 100% committed to this thing and so I watched it from afar you know and and then he came to me and he says I you know, I'm, I'm worried. She's starting to vacillate on me. She's having second second thoughts. She's she's having doubts. And I said, Well, do you do you really want to marry this girl? Because if you don't, this is your chance to honorably get out of it and just let her go. He says, No, I want to marry her more than anything else in the world. Mm. I said, 
Okay, so now we can say this is a rocky road at this point in time. Uh-huh. I said, okay, if you want, um, if you really want her, uh, you need to go to her and say, I see that, you know, you're not real sure about this. Why don't we, uh, why don't we postpone this and you give me the ring back and we'll, we'll give a second thought. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't say <laughs> Why, why can't you do that? No. He says, no, I, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to rock the boat. He says, I, you know, cause, because, okay, <clears throat> let's be honest. The reason he didn't want to rock the, rock the boat was because he's afraid that if he takes the ring back, yes. that will just clear the road for her to right, leave him right. and he'll lose her forever, <laughs> which, which, which is true. Yes. But, but on the other hand, if, if he had done that, she would have seen that, hey, He's he is a strong enough guy. He can go on. He can find somebody else, and he's you know he's willing to leave me. He he could be happy without me, and it would it would reassert her admiration and respect for him. I'll say this: the guy is about as perfect a guy as I've ever known, and he did marry someone else. And what a lucky girl she was because he's been the best husband and father uh, for the last twenty five thirty years. And and so girl number one would have been very, very lucky to have him, but she mm-hmm. just, it was an emotional thing. It was a psycholo- psychological problem. She, the, the, the rocky road was that he seemed like he wanted her too much, and she couldn't be sure that he really wanted, you know, that he was worthwhile. If anybody wants you too much, Groucho Marx said, you know, uh, there was a, a, an exclusive club, I think it was in San Francisco, 50 years, 100 years ago, who knows, and uh, they invited him to join after he became famous and successful, and he said, I turned him down, he says, any club that would want me in it, you know, you can't be all great, mm-hmm. and and that's how we are with people, you know, uh, anybody that wants us too bad, there right. must be something wrong, right. can't, I can't see right. what's wrong, <laughs> I, I, but I just sense there must be something wrong, and that's how it was with uh, my friend, you know, he, he was so, so, he's the kind of guy that you, you uh, you could um, you could mistreat him, and he would still be there for yeah, you. Yeah, that's not good. So, yeah. but but uh, she uh, so he didn't give the ring back, and so she uh, or he didn't take the ring back, oh, and ultimately oh. she gave it back to yes. him, and she uh, they never uh, you know she went on and married somebody else, and I said as I said he, later he went on and married somebody else too, and I'm sure everything worked out okay for everybody in the long run, but it, he could have been fine and happy with that first girl and not, not gone through that if he'd had the strength to handle the rocky That's road right. by just showing that, hey, you know what, I'm not being mean, not being cruel to her, not being, you know, uh, arguing or fighting with her or, or saying, you know, you can't appreciate me and you know, I'm going somewhere else, but, you know, just showing respect for her, her feelings, and, and saying, you know, I wish you well. You can go on and find somebody else. And bingo, it, w- it was a psychological thing. that She would have, I'm sure she would have reasserted her, her um, uh, ability to see what a great guy he really was, and they would have married and yeah. been a very happy couple. Right. So you said that 95, communication is like 95% of what bonds a love relationship I say that again. Communication is ninety-five percent of what goes on in love relationship. How did you? Yeah, say that? communication is ninety-five. Is what? <laughs> I didn't question this right. I didn't write this right down. Ninety-five percent of what bonds a love relationship is communication. Okay. Yeah. I. Well, I mean, That's if really you get high. into the 
the etymology and roots of communication, I mean, you know, communication is becoming one, of becoming one mind um, to, to bring our minds together. And uh, obviously, the, the, the more our minds meld, we become, we become one, we bond. And, and so learning how to communicate is, is a real biggie. Um, in, the, in the first book, Love Tactics, um, we, we, in the first book, we tried to concentrate on how to win the one you want. In the second book, we tried to kind of focus on if things went wrong and you lost the one you want, how would you get them back? Mm-hmm. But they're, it's all basically the same principles. But in the first book, I, out of all of the love tactics we listed, I said if, if, you, if you have to throw them all out mm-hmm. except for one, mm-hmm. the one tactic you want to hold on to is... Um, reflective listening and reflective listening is to be able to look a person in the eye and let them let them say whatever they want to say whether it's cruel to you or or whatever and to not get defensive to and to be able to empathize with what they're saying to to come to understand their feelings rather than to try to dissuade them that uh, they are not seeing life the way it is or or um to try to change their mind or criticize them in any way, but simply to to uh, to comprehend what it is that they are feeling, and to express that back to them in um, uh, reflective words, mm-hmm. uh, not not exactly their words, but um, other words that encompasses what they're trying to say, in such a way that they feel genuinely listened to and understood. Um, that's probably one of our greatest needs mm-hmm. uh, emotionally, uh, back to the validating person. You validate a person more by listening to them and showing that you have tried to grasp the essence of what they're saying. Um, because 99 out of 100 people, it's even higher than that, people who we talk with in regular life, a conversation goes like this, you know, I'm thinking of something I want to say mm-hmm. to you. And then um, while I'm expressing my words, you're thinking of the thoughts that you want to get out to express how you feel. And and then I, while you're speaking, I'm trying to think of the words to express how I'm feeling. And so it's a verbal ping pong match. It goes back and forth and back and forth. Whereas uh, when you're really reflective listening, you're really listening to what the person has to say. And instead of popping back with your counter uh, attack on on some something you you want that other person to understand, you you go ahead and and grasp what the other person is saying. And so, Lucia, you so what you've said here is that you're feeling such and such, mm. and and you or you think this is the way that's. Uh, this certain aspect of life is is, and and you are kind of shocked because you're not used to this kind mm-hmm. of uh, exchange with somebody. But but it's a pleasant thing. It's like water to a man who's in the desert and so extremely thirsty. And uh, you say yes, yeah, that is how I feel. And the next thing you want to do, as soon as you've had your first experience ever <laughs> of somebody actually showing interest and in understanding what you're trying to say, is you want to add to that and, and clarify a little more about what you're saying. And if the person is really wise and smart about it, they're going to listen even deeper to what is your, your new expression, and they're going to, again, say, oh, so you're saying this and this. And, oh, you know, I mean, 
by the time you finish a conversation with that, um, you're hooked on the other person. You you want to be around that person as much as possible because it's it's such a gratifying and validating experience to feel understood by another human being who's not trying to to judge. convert you or challenge you or uh, criticize you or judge you in any way. Right. Uh, in fact, I know this girl, um, and she uh, she travels a lot and she meets a lot of guys internationally. And so, um, mm-hmm. and all the guys she dates end up falling in love with her. And what happens is, mm-hmm. because they're not in the same city, they do uh, t- do a lot of talking on the phone or over Skype or whatever. And so there's a lot of talking mm-hmm. and communication again. She know you g- going on. And then when they do get together, then it's that much better. And all these guys fall in love. Um, with with, with uh, well, all these guys. So uh, where where's the breakdown? Since not at the she, same time. Uh, she selected. What's that? I'm not saying she's dating a saying... bunch of guys at the same time. I'm just saying every guy that she's dated ends up falling in love. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And so you're, <laughs> what you're saying is that that uh, they're attracted to her and they like what they're hearing by uh, in the form of just communication. So it's got to be verbal because it's over the phone and, yeah. and uh, long distance type of stuff. So she's apparently doing something right. Yeah, because most people think, oh, well, especially women think, well, you know, I'll jump into bed with him and then he'll be really attracted to me. Or they seek through to do it through action, but they don't understand that by listening to the other person, that really bonds them to you if you listen, like you said, reflectively. Right. Now, I, uh, let me uh, just uh, take another twist with this. Uh, and and uh, with your friend, it may very, very well be that she's got these communication skills we're talking about, and then that is hooking these guys in, which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. A, a guy needs to be feel that validation. But sometimes um, a girl uh, the, in long-distance relationships, I, I, it, it can happen both ways, but it, this happens a lot. Uh, men tend to be sexual predators. You may have noticed that a, a time or two uh-huh. <laughs> and, and guys instinctively know how to cultivate a woman um, and and they're perfectly willing you know to take women in, in long distance relationships because they're they're satisfying their sexual needs with with someone close at hand and uh, but the, the next time they're going to visit that city they're they they would like to have somebody there so they will sometimes feign uh, interest in someone long distance and the girl can misinterpret that and think, Oh, he really likes me. That's why, you know, we haven't had any, any kind of physical relationship and yet he still keeps in touch with me after all this time. You have to be on guard because, um, a lot of times they have a list, you know, they've got, you know, uh, Seattle and Portland and uh, Toronto and Uh they've got girls in every city and they just kind of keep them, keep them on, on, uh, uh, on call. Yeah, they, they keep in contact with them because they know someday they're going to get back to that city, and this is going to, and then and then they're going to score. That's their intent. So I, to to those kind of to prevent that, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, you know, yes, you know, you're, you're sexually attractive to a man. That's a lot of time what a man is after. But if you if you let him eat the carrot. I mean, you know, it's the carrot in front of the nose of the horse. Uh-huh. You, you, then it's gone. You, you, you've, you've lost your allure. Right. So the best thing is, yeah, his, his uh, motives may not be all that pure in the beginning, but you just have to be one better than him. You go ahead and you develop the relationship long distance, and you show the, the uh, emotional validation, but you don't allow yourself to be sexually used when the guy comes into town just because he's been, you know, talking to you on the phone long distance. Otherwise... He will just, you know, you you then go into the bin of, 
of uh, someone to use whenever I'm in town until she doesn't let me use her anymore. And meanwhile, they're still cultivating other contacts in other places. Um, I just, right. I, I, I have I have another article. Uh-huh. Um, gosh. Um, What's the name? You know what? I'll, 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 I, I don't know what the um, URL is off the top of my head, uh-huh. but that talks a little bit more about this. I'll give this to you off, off, uh, okay. off when we're off this conversation, sure. and you can put that link on your, your site for anybody who might be interested in that as well. Okay, great. Yeah, just email it to me because we're actually at the end of the show, unfortunately. We could talk forever. Oh, wow. We, we, <laughs> I, I hope I haven't done too much of the talking no. here in the gym. You know what? We need to like have a show together where we answer emails. People present their emails, and then you give the love tactics. <laughs> hey, I like that. Yeah? I think that was, that, yeah. Actually, I think that would probably be a lot easier than, than uh, just uh, taking it off the cuff the way we were doing. I, I know, because there's so much I didn't cover, but obviously there's no time. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. We'll see. Maybe we can do that, like, you know. Once, once in a while, once a month or something, we'll have you on answering emails or something. All right, all right, I'd be happy to I do know, that. I know, I know, because I love these tactics. So, uh, okay, as everyone, I'm well, sure. Well, visit us at lovetactics.com yes. or or the, the books Love Tactics or More Love Tactics, uh, and uh, be happy to visit with any of your your uh, uh, listeners, your people, anytime. <laughs> My peeps. Okay, well. Thank you. Thanks so much for being on. It was great as usual. And of course, I again, I learned more. So I'm happy to go off and use my newfound knowledge, as I'm sure everyone else is too. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll email you that uh, link and you can put it on your site. Great. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. You have a good day. Lucia. You too. Bye. Bye, Tom. Bye-bye. All right. So we've come to the end of another show, another great show. Isn't he wonderful? He's got so many stories. I only got through like half my questions, but... Definitely have to have him on again answering emails. And um, you can send those emails to my website, which is theartoflove.net, where you can also sign up for my newsletter. And there's videos on there and latest updates and just all kinds of things. There's always things going on. That's theartoflove.net. And my book, Lucia's Lessons of Love, is at lessonsoflove.net. And that site was recently updated. Now there's two little videos on the homepage. So you can check those out, and in the meantime, by the way, thanks for joining me, but in the meantime, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on LA Talk Radio.